The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Well, welcome and thank you for sharing a part of your day with us. I'm Bill Martinez. This is the Bill Martinez Show, and we are live. We're going to be talking with uh, an old friend. Uh, I feel like I've known Dr. Raleigh Washington uh, most of my life. We've, uh, you know, we have crossed uh, paths along the way through our walk with the Lord and uh, our experiences in serving the body of Christ. And it's uh, really an honor to have him with us today to talk about his new book, One Word, The Cure for Hurt, Hatred, and Hostility. So no matter where you're looking, I mean, that's what we're seeing, right? Hurt, hatred, and hostility. Uh, Whether you're seeing on TV what's happening with Israel and Hamas, uh, Palestinians, um, Ukraine, Russia. We've got something like, uh, I believe, the last count, about 32 wars right now active. Uh, on the globe right now. This is where we are. And uh, Dr. Raleigh Washington, a living legend in the world of reconciliation, is going to be talking about eight essential principles for relationship. Now, these are supported by real stories of empathy, intentional and concentrated work and reconciliation and deep healing of relational discord from racism and anti-Semitism to marriage. These concepts have been proven to break down the walls of division and usher in understanding healing in unity. And I think we can all agree that is what we need. Dr. Raleigh Washington, good to have you on the show. How are you, sir? Bill, I'm doing just great. And it's good to be back with you, brother. Let's uh, fight the wars with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Because he he is the answer. I mean, right now uh, in this modern, you know, um, in a postmodernistic world, however way you want to identify it, uh, that uh, has decided somehow they can do better than God. Uh, we're seeing the results of them having it their way, and, and it's not too good. Absolutely. There's no if and buts about it. Uh, we've got toxic division, not just mm-hmm. toxic division all over, driven by false narratives. Uh, and when a false narrative is believed, uh, it creates havoc. You yes. know, it's 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 a it's a battle between Satan and Jesus. It's right. like the war in Israel. It's a holy war between the God of Islam and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And exactly. uh, the Islamic terrorists, they know it's a holy war, but mm-hmm. I don't think we understand that ourselves. Uh, well, they're not stop. Well, we've kind of let this creep up on us and in, in such yeah. a way. It's it's just been, it's like that uh, metaphorical story of the uh, frog in the boiling pot. It, it starts out so easy until you realize, whoa, it's boiling and I'm getting cooked here. And yeah. it started with one important thing that you mentioned. That is the truth. The truth yeah. comes from God. If you eliminate God, you eliminate the truth. Now, guess what? Uh, you let go of all those anchorings, those moral anchorings that keeps a society together. And you bring chaos into the environment. No question about it. Romans 3 address what you said. Uh, Bill, uh, it says, let God be true and every man a liar. Uh, yeah. It's God's word that we need 
to indeed survive, to destroy the false narratives. Uh, it's God's word that will point us to Jesus. You know, it's it's everything. Well, and the thing is, is we've got to keep asking questions. It, it's almost like we've got to return to our youth to a certain, you know, way. You know, Raleigh, because when we were young, we always asked our parents, why? Why? But somehow we become adults and we stop asking why. And Absolutely. we just, we go along and there, there's no exercise of critical thought, critical questioning, and we just go along to get along. Uh, well, it's because we think we know it all. You know, as you mentioned the book, I wrote one word. See, that one word changes everything. Yeah. Uh, and I ask people, what is that word? They say love. I say includes that. Jesus, it involves Jesus. But the one word is relationship. Exactly. Relationship changes everything. Two greatest commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> and Jesus says in Matthew 22, if you do that successfully by loving God with everything, manifested by loving your neighbor as yourself, no matter who that neighbor is, what color that neighbor is, if you do that, you satisfy the law and commandments. That means you satisfy every commandment from Genesis to Revelation. Exactly. If you daily live by that principle of loving God and loving your neighbors yourself, relationship with God, relationship with neighbors, that will change everything. Well, it's key to God's infrastructure, Raleigh, I've always said, because, you know, you think about how God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. It, theoretical. I mean, when you read the Old Testament and God, you know, if he's talking to Moses or, uh, you know, talking to David and, and Solomon about, uh, you know, the design of a temple. It's down to the micro inch. Everything is specific and exact. It's not like you know, loosey goosey. Well, you can kind of do it this way if you if you have eleven or twelve, you know, uh, hooks to you know. Hook. No, it is all very specific. So if God is that specific in building His temple, and with everything else that we know about God, He is specific about the things that are essential, that are what I call the infrastructure, uh, that, that key element that he told, he told Cain about, he said, if you do right, will it not go well for you? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, interesting. What you said is so right to me three mm -hmm. weeks ago, uh, my wife, um, uh, my, uh, my daughter, my baby daughter, and two of my grandkids, my son-in-law and I went, to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. Oh, isn't that cool? We, we saw the Ark. Uh, yeah. And Phil, you were describing how exacting God is. You can't walk through there and not know that there's a God. Um, yeah. uh, um, uh, Noah did what God told him to do. I mean, inch by inch, built the thing. It's more than a half a block long, got three decks on it. And, right. and even with all of the animals in it, you know, there were draws under the animals to take care of how to feed them, take care of the waste. I mean, God was so precise. I mean, Noah didn't know what an ark or a boat was. He right. just followed the instruction for the Lord bit by bit. It took him 120 years to build it. And for 120 years, he evangelized, got not one convert other than his family. And things started all over again. But, but but I say that just to validate your comment that God makes no mistakes. He is precise. If we follow his word, we've got it made. Exactly. And and here we are in this fallen world, uh, you know, dealing probably 
at a time, Raleigh, that we're we're closer to the last of the last days than we've ever been. And we look at the signs and we say, okay, Lord, uh, you know, if this is your will, then come, Maranatha. And 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 should you tarry, then what what are my marching orders? What are the precise things that you need me to do in order to fulfill? you know, your purpose and what your intent is for this fallen world as we head into the final chapter of the book of Revelations. Well, you know, just to validate what you were just saying about how close things are, mm-hmm. uh, Zechariah 12 says this, every nation will turn against Israel. Mm-hmm. It says when you touch Israel, you'll be injured. It'll be like a, a heavy stone. Exactly. It says that, uh, and when when the nations turn against Israel, God says, I'm going to take up and I'm going to fight the battle. Now, let me tell you how close we are to that. About three and a half weeks ago, I heard the president, not Netanyahu, the prime minister, but the president say that there's only one nation that consistently stands with us, and that's the United States of America. But watch this. Our present now is a bit wishy-washy in his support for Israel. He says one thing, and then he does another. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, it's there. He's giving more money to Iran, $6 billion, more more money to um, Ukraine than to Israel. So uh, something is not there. And the Democrats are very uh, uh, divided. You've got people... Uh, telling him his support for Israel has to stop. He's fighting that. So he's in a quandary. If he bends to that, Bill, at that moment, Zechariah chapter 12 prophecy will be true. Every exactly. nation will have turned against him. And, and brother, all I can say then is Kate by the door. I yeah. want to know at, that I'm on the Lord's side when Amen. I take because we're that close to it. Yeah. Well, now more than ever, you would think that the leadership, but again, we're post-Christian. And even though Joe Biden is a Catholic, um, I've just said, you know, uh, you know, being a, uh, a Catholic myself, uh, they always talk, they, they say in the media that he's a practicing Catholic. And I say he needs more practice. Uh, Absolutely. Because, because the deal is, is where we are right now, and as important as Israel is to God, all the signs uh, that the Bible talks about, uh, Raleigh, I, d- I don't know why this leadership is not prostate on its face, looking to God to say, what is it that we need to do? Instead of looking at polling numbers and listening to people who have no relationship with God whatsoever. And as you pointed out quite clearly, this is a spiritual event, a right. spiritual event that must be solved with spiritual solutions. Absolutely. And the spiritual solutions come from the throne room of God. They do not come from Washington, D.C., I'm sorry to tell you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the issue is this. Uh, our vice president said two or three weeks ago, the greatest problem we're facing now is Islamophobia. Yeah. Uh, and I heard that at a time when anti-Semitism is is worse than it was almost during the time of Hitler. They say the worst problem is Islamophobia. Watch this dynamic. He's erected a special office to defend Islam, to stop Islamophobia, when Islam 
is committed by its Quran, its charter of murdering us. It says death to Israel, death to uh, Christians, death to the United States of America, death to the uh, infidels. Infidels, yes, okay. exactly. So, so that's their charter. So if their charter is to kill me, I need to understand, hey, don't protect that. Uh, understand exactly what that means and how we need to respond to it. See, exactly. There'll never be a lasting peace between Israel and Islam as long as it's there. But mm -hmm. if the Islamists wake up, like many of the Palestinians are doing right now, and they realize that the true God of Creator is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and mm -hmm. they are embracing him. And so you have Palestinians who are believing in Jesus and uh, uh, Messianic Jews in Israel. They are meeting together in secret places. Exactly. And so yeah. and I said to you earlier, relationship changes everything. When people serve the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they come together, Palestinian believers and Jewish believers, that will give us lasting peace. You see, and we're not, we're not hearing about that in the mainstream media. Don't expect to hear from it. And yeah. so uh, our viewers today are being blessed because we're spreading the good word of what is going on here is that um, there is revival, believe it or not, that's hap happening amongst Muslims. And you got to think about yeah. what they're what they're doing when, when they profess Jesus as Lord and Savior, in a sense. And in some families, it's it's a death, a literal death sentence. Uh, they they are disowned, and in some cases, you'll have honor killings that are involved as a result because that's what they believe in. And uh, but the the fact of the matter is, is the truth cannot be denied. And you know, we hear these stories that abound, Raleigh. That uh, you know, Muslims are you know they're having dreams, they're yeah. they're getting visions of Jesus, and they're being drawn to the cross and uh, in the peace that they that has eluded them for thousands of years, they are realizing on behalf of themselves and their family in the next generation. It, it is it is really miraculous when you think about it. No if and buts about it. Uh, uh, and, and the dynamic, one of the tenets of Islam, which is mandatory, mm -hmm. uh, they are forced to become a part of it. And if their eyes are open and they leave, their sentence is death. You yeah. can't leave. The sentence right. is there. And so they are in this catch-22, and the only answer, really, is to recognize the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's what has to happen. In the meantime, uh, we need to stand with Israel, uh, and we've got colleges and universities who are protesting, saying, uh, uh, stop the genocide. Uh, stop the occupation. And these people don't know the truth. There's no occupation. God gave the whole land to the Jewish people more exactly. than 3,000 years ago as our everlasting covenant. Mm -hmm. uh, so if there's any occupation, it is really the Palestinians who are occupying uh, Jewish land. And, exactly. and, and, and the Jewish government were willing to let them have Gaza if they're willing to live in peace, but because of their religion, it's not going to happen. So exactly. this, war, this war will continue, but we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to stand with Israel. The Bible commands us to do that, and it's mm. not understood by 
pastors and believers less known, these college students who are being uh, uh, really driven by Marxist theory that's really permeating our universities. Well, no doubt. I mean, you got professors already that they come from the Middle East. Uh, yeah. Since, since in vitro, they've been yeah. indoctrinated to hate Jews, and then yeah. and then uh, you've got all these countries, these middle these countries that are depositing billions of dollars into these universities, and on those dollars, here come the the children of the Middle East, and uh, and what are they doing? We, we we've imported that hatred into this country, and they're influencing our American kids. Now Without I'm not. You know what I'm saying here. So th this is what we're dealing with. I mean, there 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 are a lot of components uh, and, and complexities to this hatred that is spreading through the land. It is that without question. See, our millennials, and I would say millennials, eighteen to thirty-six. Mm -hmm. uh, George Barnard did a study on them, yeah. and he says only four percent of the millennials look at the world. With the biblical worldview. worldview. Exactly. 96% of them do not look at it with mm -hmm. a biblical worldview. So they are open. They are easy prey for indoctrination because Barna calls them uh, the, the largest generation ever and the most godless generation ever. They yeah. don't know God. They don't believe in God. They don't want to have anything to do with, with God Almighty. So yeah, he, that, call, he, call, he calls them the nuns. Absolutely. You got it. Yeah. Exactly. They're the uh, nuns. Not 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 religious, not Catholic nuns. We're not talking about just nuns. nuns like nothing is what absolutely. it is. Yeah. And 39% of millennials identify with the LBGT community. 39% of them. 50% of them uh proclaim that they have some sort of mental or em emotional disorder. Mm -hmm. Uh and so these issues that drive them, uh just all of that contributes to making them susceptible to indoctrination and the people from the Middle East and the Palestinians and uh, uh, really who are, and from uh, even the Iranians, uh, they are coming, we're getting money to educate them and what they're doing is indoctrinating our youth and we're seeing it now on television. Exactly. exactly. Well, yeah, the thing, the thing that's, uh, is, uh, it is so interesting and going back to your earlier point that they do not know what uh, what they're responding to and what they say they believe in, because right. as you mentioned, you know, near 40 percent of this group uh, supports the LBGTQ plus agenda. Well, yes. th they would not last very long in the Middle East exactly. because uh, because the Muslims are, are, are quite definitive and how they handle uh, gay and lesbians. Right. Rashida Tlaib, a congresswoman who's a Muslim, outside of her office door, she had a Palestinian flag and a gay pride flag. Now, that's an oxymoron. Huh? Exactly. Yes. It shows really how, how uninformed she is on the truth. Exactly. Well, it's a, it's a wonder that a, a true Muslim devoted follower would not go in and and cause a disturbance there because of that uh, that conflict because anything that offends Muhammad or offends the religion it's it's death that you're considered absolutely. an infidel absolutely right absolutely absolutely 
and 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 that and that but that that contradiction is what we're seeing in this hour across the board i mean it's it's in congress it's in our universities our most stellar universities and it, it's all around us and all the while the church is eerily silent pastors are silent according to george bonner's research on pastors 66 percent of pastors do not preach from a biblical basis how can you exactly. preach and you're not yeah. using the bible but 60 percent of them are not doing it so mm -hmm. the church is silent on the matter dietrich bonhoeffer says this silence in the face of evil is evil itself exactly and that mm -hmm. is exactly what we're having to deal with in this hour well raleigh i think that as you say in this hour this appointed time mm -hmm. um i i'm hopeful that the church is going to wake up because mm. this is Jesus's institution. He went to the cross to establish this institution. Yes, in, in, in the early chapters of Revelation, he goes through the lampstands, lampstands mm. of the church, and he indicts the churches. And my prayer is that the churches would, would reread the chapters there and, and see where they are right now. Because mm. if there was ever a time that the churches needed to stand on biblical principle and biblical worldview. It yeah. is not. If they don't, then the Lord himself will spit them out, reject them. And when they come face to face with them, he'll say, leave me. I do not know you. Wow. Wow. Well, that fits exactly the mantle. God gave me a little uh, more than a year and a half ago. Ooh, wow. uh, my ministry is called, Awakening the Voice of Truth, yes. which is the Word of God. Uh, the thrust of that is to motivate, to challenge, to counsel, to embolden pastors to apply the Word, the Voice of Truth, which is the Word of God, mm -hmm. directly against the plethora of false narratives that's causing all of this division. And, and the biggest one in that is anti-Semitism. You know, right. I am African-American. You have a group of the, the fastest growing cult in the United States of America now is black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, mm -hmm. They are African-Americans who claim they are the original Jews. It's another form of replacement theology. It's another form of anti-Semitism, uh, but they are growing by leaps and bounds. See, mm -hmm. the negative side of it is they are uh, anti-Semitic, and, and what they're doing really is mocking God's chosen people, which is mocking God. Exactly. The up, upside of it is there's something in the African-American community that's causing African-Americans to kind of think, uh, move uh, toward Israel, toward God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. Now, the black Israel Hebrewites, they're doing it the wrong way. They're trying right. to repent them. If right. we can just reach out and turn that from the wrong direction to the right direction, uh, we'll be in business. See, you can prove who is and who is not a Jew with three simple letters, D-N-A. Uh, <laughs> exactly. uh, that will solve the problem mm -hmm. uh, whatsoever. But we're caught up in this. Uh, we need the church to stand strong like never, ever before. We need to be bold. Well, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of wisdom, power, love, and a sound mind. Exactly. And what we need to do is use that mm -hmm. by 
standing against the massive media in this hour that's promoting false narratives. Exactly. We have to stand against it. Well, the one word comes into uh, focus here once again, Raleigh, because if if you are promoting relationship, then everything that comes into your orbit, you need to ask yourself that critical question. Does it add or does it take away from Absolutely. relationship? If Absolutely. it takes away from relationship, it's ungodly, isn't it? Without a doubt. Uh, and, and what is the application to prove that easy? The voice of truth, which is the word of God, measure it with the mm -hmm. word of God. Uh, yeah. If it's right, uh, we know it has come from Jesus because he's a true living God. If it is false, we know it has come from the, the father of lies. See, this battle between Satan and Jesus still rages on. Mm -hmm. uh, Satan went into the Garden of Eden, gave them a false narrative. Adam and Eve bought the false narratives. What, what happened? The fall of mankind. Exactly. He went into the wilderness with Jesus, gave him three false narratives. Jesus, who has all power and all authority in heaven and earth, didn't use any of that power. He simply used the power of the word. He says, on the other Amen. hand, it is written. Exactly. So what do we use today to, to decipher truth from error? It is the unmitigated word of God. And the proof of, of holding to relationship is the fruit of of that commitment to relationship will be quite obvious, won't it? I mean, yeah. your relationships will be enlarged. Your influence will be expanded. Uh, right. Joy will abound. I'm not talking about being happy. We're talking joy that yeah. comes from the throne room of God that is not of this world. And uh, you will see clear manifestations of that, will you not? Without question. Well, I'll uh, give you a quick example of how this works. One word, relationship, changes everything. It eliminates anti-Semitism. If the blacks who are trying to replace Jews realize uh, uh, that the Jews are God's chosen people and we need to reach out and have relationship with them through Jesus Christ, yes. it will change that anti-Semitism. Uh, uh, racism uh, that's being claimed or whatever you, uh, can be eliminated through a relationship. See, America is not systemically racist. Yes. To be systemically racist, we have to have laws that support racism. Exactly. That was true. That was true during slavery. That was true during Jim Crow. But those mm -hmm. laws no longer exist. So if the laws don't back it up, then our system is not racist. However, racism does exist where? In the hearts of individuals. Exactly. And how do you remove racism from the heart of individuals? Through that one word, relationship. A genuine, bona fide relationship across racial lines. I'll yeah. tell you, sorry. I was uh, uh, with Promise Keepers. I was uh, executive vice president for Global Ministries and a board member by the name of Claude Branning. Uh, mm -hmm. a white brother. He was on the board of directors. He was from Florida, and I was from Florida. And man, he just drew me. He said, hey, there's, there, there's Raleigh. He's from Florida. And then he told me he was from Clay County. Hey, right. in Jacksonville, we blacks in Duval County say, hey, Clay County is the home of the Klan. And so when this brother was reaching out to me, I was kind of 
leery, man, but he but he wouldn't stop. He told everybody, hey, this is Raleigh, man. He's from Duval County. Uh, he, he's a son of slaves, and 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 man, I, I'm the son of slave owners, but man, we have a relationship. He and I came close together. He came to a devotional with his son. I led the devotional, gave the gospel. His son gave his life to Jesus Christ. Clark mm -hmm. Rand and I got uh, closer together. Man, we just fell in love with one another. We're there, but here's the issue. We, Claude Brandon and myself, represent an answer to one of Martin Luther King's dream. Exactly. Martin Luther King said in his dream, I have a dream that one day the sons of former slave owners and the sons of former slaves will come together in relationship at the table of fellowship. That's exactly what happened to Claude Branding and myself. What exactly. changes a, a racist heart, a genuine bona fide, authentic relationship across those lines, and we eliminate racism. Exactly. Well, you, you can't give what you don't have, and we get it from the throne room of God. We must first come to the cross. That's yeah. where that's where yeah. healing will take place. Uh, that's where, you know, Jesus' sacrifice, his shed blood, uh, it, it is, you know, for those of us who have experienced this, Raleigh, uh, you know, it, it doesn't get much better. And, right. and we, we tell people, again, the, the gospel message, what it's all about, and the reason that uh, it uh, continues to gain traction mm. and people's lives are changed is because it works. Yes, yes, it does. It's, it's unmitigated. It works yeah. without, without question. Relationship drives it. And as you said earlier, in my book, I developed eight irrefutable biblical principles that will initiate, sustain, reconcile any and all interpersonal relationships. They come from the Bible. And, mm -hmm. and if, we, if we do it, uh, it, it works. Uh, mandate uh, uh, is mandatory. Commitment to relationship number two. Intentionality, purposeful, positive, and planned activity. Sincerity mm -hmm. is the willingness to be vulnerable, self-exclusive, what you feel, what you think, no matter what. Sensitivity, uh, 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 gaining knowledge to understand our differences. The principle of sacrifice means I give up a higher position or take a lower position to embrace uh, recon reconciliation and, and relationship. Empowerment, the use of repentance and forgiveness to sustain a relationship. And number eight is interdependence. I, I need you. You need me. Exactly. I have something that you need. You have something that I need. When we share that, we come together. Those eight irrefutable principles drive relationship, sustain, and reconcile any and every relationship. And it takes two. It takes two. Huh? It takes it, two. It, it takes, well, we could say it takes three because we want, we want Jesus in the middle of the two. Exactly. Uh, but, but, uh, but certainly, and, and because of this and because we are fallen, uh, this is a bit of a process. Uh, you know, these essential principles you lay out, I, I'm sure anybody that is hurting, is dealing with hatred or hostility oh. can say, wow, this, this could change, this could change my life. And you're exactly right. It could change your life, but you need to employ these principles and understand, uh, you know, just like what, what's happened in the Middle East, you have ancient hatred that's been going on for thousands of years. 
yeah. but for the grace of God and uh, the imposition of the Lord and Savior and the King of Kings, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be, you know, a committed process that you must go through, right? And no if and buts about it. it, it, it uh, when you mentioned that, see, I use the marriage analogy mm. uh, foundationally for every principle, meaning this, the same stuff it takes yeah. to initiate, sustain, and reconcile marriage issues and marriage conflicts is the same thing it takes for any and all relationships. Uh, I call it commitment to relationship. Exactly. Uh, like Ruth said to Naomi, Ruth was a Gentile, Naomi was a Jew. She said, mm -hmm. don't urge me to leave you to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my oh, people. My people. Oh, my God. And where you die, there I'll be buried. Now, that's a commitment. Exactly. So, so yeah. how do you how do you maintain commitment? You must learn this key lesson: how to resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. What does it take to resolve conflict? Dialogue, Cult, council culture today. We can't dialogue because we cancel one another. But here, mm -hmm. here, here is here is dialogue. Rule House says this about dialogue: dialogue is to love what blood is for the body. When the flow of blood stops, the body dies. When dialogue mm -hmm. stops, love dies and resentment is born. But dialogue can initiate, sustain, and reconcile any relationship. The key, both parties, as you said, must be committed to dialogue and pursue dialogue relentlessly. If you understand that principle and you mm -hmm. have dialogue, dialogue is I listen to you, you listen to me. I see things through your eyes and feel what you're feeling. You see things through my eyes and feel what I'm feeling. When we do that, it is impossible to not have common ground and have genuine relationship. It works in marriage. It works in ministry. It works between brothers. It works between blacks and white. It works between Jew and Gentile. Yes. And when that happens, we have the relationship that honors Almighty God. Well, in the Old Testament, uh, God puts it quite plainly. And this keeps cycling back into my orbit, Raleigh, is that uh, it, it's a choice between life and death. Yes. You know, the, the Jews yes. talk about in terms of l'chaim, you know, mm. it, is, it, it is the celebration of life. Mm. All that we do, you know, I, I, I'd asked earlier, you know, and I, and I posed the critical question, does it add or take away? Well, mm. you know, the, the foundational principle here is, does it promote life or death? Am, am, am I making a choice for life? or for death. And, mm. and, 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 and that's a tough answer today in this culture that we live in because we somehow have found a way to embrace death and make it acceptable. And, mm. and, you know, and the thing is, is we're all, we're paying an incredible price, a price because uh, as the book of Ecclesiastes says, because sin isn't reconciled immediately, it, it gets much more complicated. It but really it, does. It does, doesn't it? No, no if and buts about it. You know, Paul says this, to die is gain. Mm. Because as a believer, when we die, we're going to the arms of Jesus. Right. But if we remain, he said, that's Christ. And so what do we do with remain? We have to stay on the battlefield. We have to reach out. We have to love our neighbor. We have to do what we can to provoke Jewish people to jealousy so that they will embrace uh, their Messiah. Uh, we, we have to stamp out with genuine relationship racism. We, we have to see one new humanity, Jew and Gentile, coming together as one because Jesus commanded oneness. 
John 13, 34, Jesus prayed for oneness. Uh, uh, John 17, Jesus went to the cross and he died for oneness, not only for uh, mm. salvation, but died for oneness. Ephesians 2, 14, he's our peace, who broke down the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility between mm. the two groups so that he could make the two groups into one new man, thus establishing peace. If right. we understand that dynamic and live that principle uh, we will see relationships that are strengthened by the word of God and heaven. And, and, and here's what God says. See, God's shirt of reconciliation is the top button. Hey, if I take this shirt and I start buttoning it together like this, it mm -hmm. ends up like that. Right. Because, you know, old men and young boys. But if I button the top button first, every other button and buttonhole falls in line. So exactly. God's shirt of reconciliation the top button for his shirt is Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah. He says if we get that one right, he'll handle the black, white, brown, yellow, even husband and wife issues. We'll have peace. See, the peace in verse 14 of Ephesians 2 is shalom. Yeah. But peace that's established because of one new man relationship, that peace is defined as a state of national tranquility. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yes. That's that's what we need today more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Raleigh Washington, his book, One Word, The Cure for Hurt, Hatred, and Hostility. Uh, Raleigh, um, you know, in, in hearing you out, uh, you know, we must, uh, again, appreciate that uh, before Jesus, we were at enmity with God. Yes, so, we, yeah. and, and when you said the veil was was separated and we yeah. were able to come into relationship with God, mm. it solved so many problems, didn't it? It solved all of the problems. I mean, that that is the ultimate problem. Life. Uh, uh, Jesus says this. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm mm -hmm. the life. No one comes to God the Father except by me. When we understand that foundational truth and walk in that path, man, we then know what the final end is. We then have victory. We then have eternal life. We then can live for our Lord and live for others because that's the answer. Yeah. Raleigh, what, what do you say to people who, you know, read your book and they, they go, okay, relationship. I understand relationship is absolutely important. But what happens if the other person doesn't want a relationship with me? That, that is great. Um, uh, I believe this. If we are committed to our Lord, understands sacrificial love, then we need to know, let's reach out where relationships should happen. And if we get turned down, go back again. Mm -hmm. If we get turned down, go back again. If we get turned down, go back. Go back as many times as is necessary to establish the relationship because that's what God said he will bless. And so uh, uh, it, 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 if at first you don't succeed, then try and try again. See, love has no bounds. If you indeed are motivated by love and genuine mm -hmm. love, and you continue to go after it, uh, uh, you just can't be turned down by a relationship mm -hmm. God wants to happen. So well, to me, mm -hmm. it's purposeful, 
Mm-hmm. It's positive. It's planned. That's intentionality. Exactly. Relationship doesn't ha- it doesn't happen accidentally. Listen to marriage. How do you how do you get married? Uh, you you first have to you're attracted to someone. Well, if you don't ask them for a date, nothing will happen. Exactly. If you ask them for a date, and if you don't ask them to marry you, nothing will happen. If she doesn't say yes, it's not going to happen. So you have to you have to have that date. You have to court her. You have to ask her for a hand in marriage. You set a marriage date. Then the marriage uh, take place. You have honeymoon after that. And as Chuck Swindoll always said, after that, roll up your sleeve because it's hard work from that point on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love Swindoll. Uh, you know, the other thing I think to consider here, Raleigh, and and help me uh, in explaining this is that sometimes uh, we need to understand what the relationship is, how yeah. we're defining it. Because sometimes, you know, you've been using marriage as an example. Uh, I find it interesting that uh, the couples, you know, will have a different idea of what the marriage relationship is. So you must agree on what it is. If your idea of the relationship, for example, is driven more by sex than just being around the person and having a friendship, then you're going to have, you're going to have a conflict here, right? Listen, I have an answer for that. And it's in the book. Yes. I, I, I quoted rule how miracle of, of dialogue. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and that is, you have to now the question is how do you do that dialogue? Because watch this. If two people look at the same thing from different directions they have two separate perceptions of what it is. And mm-hmm. the perception to the perceiver is reality. And so how do you get that reconciled? Because I'm looking at it this way and I know I'm right. She's looking at it that way and she knows she's right. How can I do it? And this happens black and white. Anyway, here's mm-hmm. what you have to do. I call it in the, in the book, the mystery of dialogue. Now here's okay. the mystery of dialogue. Because we're going to have conflict, because we see things differently, we have to stop in the middle of the argument. And we have to stop. And and when I'm having an issue with my wife, Paulette, and and I'm convinced I'm right, she's convinced she's right, but it's not the same, I stop. And I said, honey, tell me me again what you're saying. I want to see it the way you're seeing it. And and I want to feel what you're feeling when you're saying it. Right. after I've done that, I say, say, honey, can I tell you how I'm seeing it and how I'm feeling? Once we do that, it becomes impossible to not find common ground because I now realize my perception is true to me, but it might not be the truth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have to be willing to let it be tested. And on this issue, I test it by looking at it the way she's looking at it feeling what she's feeling, getting her to look at it the way I'm looking at it, feel what I'm feeling. When I use that, that's the mystery of dialogue. If, if, if you can do that in the heat of battle, I guarantee you, you can resolve conflict. If you resolve conflict, you'll have peace. If you have peace, there's joy in that relationship, whether it's cross racial lines, Jew mm-hmm. and Gentile, or husband and wife. Well, that same example that you just laid out. Could you imagine if universities started exercising that mystery of dialogue? Yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. 
instead of what's happening now. Mm. Matt, uh, the university presidents and professors are allowing the students to not have healthy dialogue. Yes. Uh, uh, it's either my way or the highway, and my way is not based on, on truth. It's my perception. But see, you, you know, uh, uh, you know, sincerity, the principle of sincerity is this. The willingness to be vulnerable, self-disclosing what I feel, what mm -hmm. I think, what my difference is, what my perception is. If I self-disclose that, now watch this. What I think may not be true. What I feel may not be true. What I perceive may not be true. What my mm -hmm. differences may not be true. All of those things are truth to me because I feel them, but none of them can be factually true. So mm -hmm. I have to be willing to self-disclose that in a dialogue to hear other input so I can gain truth. Uh, 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 rather than my perception, I can gain truth to find out that's what it is. That's exactly. healthy dialogue. Yeah. See, we need we need to get you into the beltway. And uh, you could you could heal the Democrats and Republicans, and maybe they could be about the people's business in a way that's pretty constructive. Certainly life-changing, I would think. Let me tell you this. Democrats and Republicans, the difference right now is toxic. Yes. But the one word can change that toxic dynamic, and that is genuine, bona fide relationship. If that happens across lines, they're never going to see things the same way, and that's okay. It's iron sharpened mm -hmm. iron. They have different views. But if they have honor and respect for one another, exactly. Mm -hmm. if they do that, they will come together, and our Congress will get will begin to solve problems because they are they are, they are, they are genuine relationship. We need to establish genuine relationships between Democrats and Republicans. I'm telling you, 25 years ago, we could see something like that. Exactly. Today, it's toxic. We need to change that. Well, it's uh, it's definitely been you know conditioned over a number of years. And R Raleigh, we we've got to do something to interrupt and and break this uh, curse, so to speak. You know, uh, amongst our politicians and this form of government that yeah. uh, that I believe was God given. Our first president noted time and again, but for the hand of divine providence, this great American idea would have never happened. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No if and buts about it. You know, our, our future as a nation lies in the hands of the people whom we have placed in office. And mm -hmm. I think we place a, a lot of the wrong people in office. If we, the people, I mean, I mean, if every Christian voted based on his and her biblical values, we would have our Congress, our uh, House of Representatives, and our Senate would be loaded with people who live their life like Mike Johnson, according to the Word of God. If well, that, I, I, I'd say this, Raleigh, the Ten Commandments would be back in every classroom across absolutely. the country. Absolutely. And, and watch this. What is the motto of our nation? In God, God we trust. Right. It's right. not the God of Muhammad. It's not the God of Buddha. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if indeed we embrace our motto, it's on every coin and every paper money. In God, we trust. If we just challenge 
uh, our congressman to live according to our motto. Exactly. Uh, it will change things. And that mm -hmm. motto is what we are. You see, if, if we were living and voting according to our motto, Rashida Tlaib uh, couldn't be elected because she can't really uh, say, I affirm uh, uh, the motto of the United States and the Bible because yes. I don't believe that. Well, if you don't believe it, you had no business being in Congress. Amen. Amen. Exactly right. Uh, so Dr. Raleigh Washington is with us. Uh, his book, One Word, The Cure for Hurt, Hatred, and Hostility. Uh, Raleigh, we got about a you know about two minutes left here. I want you to, again, remind everybody these eight essential principles for relationship and then uh, summarize and tell people how they can get uh, their hands on your book. I'll be happy to do that, Bill. Uh, Eight irrefutable principles. One is uh, a mandate. It is mandatory uh, that we have a relationship with God and relationship with one another. In intentionality, mm -hmm. purposeful, positive, and planned activity that facilitates relationship. Commitment to relationship. We have to be committed to the relationship. And instead of when things, when conflict comes, don't run, dialogue and get it resolved. The principle right. of sincerity, the willingness to be vulnerable, self-disclosing what I feel, what I think, what I perceive. Uh, the principle of sens sensitivity, sensitivity, gaining knowledge to relate empathetically with someone who's different. The principle of sacrifice, willing to give up my position to take a lower position in order to embrace uh, relationship. Empowerment, the use of repentance and forgiveness to facilitate an atmosphere of relationship and interdependence. I need you, you need me. If right. we recognize that, we can come together as one. Those relationships will change everything. Exactly. And of course, uh, the book available at all the usual places, Raleigh? Yes, or, or Amazon, go, go to Amazon, or go to my website, website which is www.atvot.com, atvot.com. That's Awakening the Voice of Truth.com, or yes. Amazon. Get it, and I'll tell you, this book will change your life. Without a doubt. Dr. Raleigh Washington, can I thank you enough? God bless you. I appreciate you. Hey, bless you, Bill. And, and as the holidays come forth, I pray that you'll have a joyous and glorious Christmas uh, and holiday period. Amen. Raleigh, thank you so much. Take care. Our thanks to Dr. Raleigh Washington for being with us today and talking about his book, One Word, The Cure for Hurt, Hatred, and Hostility. And thank you for sharing a part of your day with us. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you his peace. Thanks again for being with us. God bless.